0: Break a leg. Uh, that's theater speak for good luck. This is Julia Polis at Wacky Talk. And today I am speaking about something that is very close to my heart theater. I'm going to talk with an interview, of course, Sonia Aronowitz. She is the most open-minded woman I know, and as the expression goes, she's, she's come a long way, baby. Sonia is now the head of the Juniper Agency and Produc- Juniper Productions in Philadelphia, and she's going to talk to us and share her story, her past lives in theater, um, how she got to where she is today and the tremendous commitment she has to theater and that is underpinned by her basic philosophy of art. The daily challenge of producing theater is now her art, and she will be talking about some of the ways in which you can think of theater from a different point of view. She likes to create resources and align the resources and create partnership with other theaters. And lastly, what are the specifics? What's coming up for Juniper Productions? I first uh, met Sonia because I viewed a couple of her plays. She's a great playwright. Uh, The one that I remember, The Masters of the Universe, when Lehman Brothers first took the nosedive, and it was, it was quite a clever short play. And of course, The Heart of the Revolution, which I saw a couple of times, and it was here in Philly at the Fringe. And quite successful. Sonia has has uh, evolved in her role as a theater yeah. person. She's a real theater nut. You know what yeah, I'm saying yeah. here. And so Sonia, I was looking at a recent article from American Theater Magazine about the change in the role of the producer. Right. So you are now a producer. I am <laughs>
1: <laughs> What happened? Why? <laughs> Why did that that happen? (laughs) Yes, I ask that myself every morning as I bounce (laughs) out of bed, ready and eager to begin the day's work, which can be anything from fundraising, structuring financial deals, and marketing, and reading plays, and working with playwrights. And um, the list is endless. And I, I have to say that I've never felt more alive and that I'm using... Every single piece of my brain. Wow.
0: Yeah, you said in one article, it's a whole brain experience. Correct. That is.
1: <laughs> that is. And I know we were chatting just earlier about how all this evolved for me. I think that you um, came when I was part of the Play Lab in Trenton. Mm-hmm. Theater has been an abiding passion in my life. And I think it's always been... A journey to discover what exactly would my role be and it's sometimes in life it's a question of eliminating things and having enough self-awareness to say I'm good but I'm not that great Hmm. and so I went through every single (laughs) role except for roles on the technical side beginning with actor when I was rejected for the part of Jack in Jack and the Beanstalk when oh. I was 11. Well, that's ended it that, if that just, that just uh, ended it all when that part <laughs> went to a young boy though we know in England they do pantomime with right. the girls in those right. parts. So, you know, I, I did a little bit of acting after that. And then I spent some time in high school as a drama critic okay. for the local paper, oh. and I have very fond members of going to the Royal Exchange Theatre with my dad, Wonderful. and being completely inspired. It's a theatre in the round. Uh, so I was a drama critic, and then I realized, you know, I don't like going to the theatre with my thinking cap on, and criticizing. <laughs> and criticizing. <laughs> No, I'm getting to do that all the time now as a producer but having to write about it afterwards is a totally different assignment so I crossed off drama critic off my list of possible things for Sonia to do in the theatre <laughs> and then I then I evolved into a playwright and I had the good fortune of being in the play lab group in, in Trenton and as you mentioned during that time I wrote a lot of short plays for that group and I also spent a lot of time developing a couple of full lengths including the play that you saw the heart of the revolution which I produced in the fringe right. in 2013 13, yes and it was interesting it was at that point when I realized that I was playwright and producer and I was much mm. more interested in getting mm. butts in seats if I may say that word on this yes. podcast Buts, in not, seats yes. Um, than getting a phone call from the director who's saying, well, the actor's got a question about this line. I was thinking, can you ask the playwright?
0: And tell them to, to make yes. it up. You know? So I
1: was much more interested oh. in, in that producing. I should mention that I had a background in marketing and PR. Yeah, which... Oh, I left out one part of my theatre career, which my first job out of university was at a theatre school in London doing the PR and there, I got to meet the likes of Judy Dench and John Mills, and had to order food for the man who was killing all the <laughs> chefs, Robert Morley. <laughs> so that was my That's very fun. first yes. job, and it was in PR. So, well,
0: you're yeah. a great writer, and I think, and you also have this background, I know, in fundraising, and. Uh, so, you're telling me that that's what sparked you, this experience at the Philly Fringe with uh, your play. And it just seemed to feel, I mean, you said the way I, I never felt better. So, that role mm-hmm. of producer, marketer, PR
1: f- is something I'm not going to say you love more, but you feel more comfortable with, you feel your, well, it's it, your strength? I, I think that is. I think it's a process of having self awareness. And when I was in the the Writers' group. There was such incredible talent around me, mm-hmm. and I actually think if I were to write again, I would write poetry. I'm really ah. drawn to the lyric form and I have mm-hmm. done some poems. I found some of the basics. I, I, I know I have good and creative ideas, but mm-hmm. actually uh, probably quite good at dialogue, but character development. Plot, You know, you have to be able to do those (laughs) as a playwright. And I look back now and I say, you know, you're probably very good at expressing yourself, Mm -hmm. uh, which is not what a playwright does. You've really got to be open to character. So there's a lot of self-awareness when you're in a very, very talented group and there are voices and writers in the room who think... Someone needs to see that play.
0: You know, I think that playwriting is one of the most difficult forms because, versus the novel screenplay, and it is, as you said, so complex. The character development, the dialogue is really tricky, and you are uh, a great writer. In this article, I refer back to in American theater, one of the things is how the evolution of the producer role, mm-hmm. and you know, if you think about, certainly, uh, professional theater on Broadway, mm-hmm. uh, what, what do we call that? It's not professional theater. Commercial theater. Thank you, dear. Yes. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. you know, getting the money, getting getting it all together, and, you know, pushing mm-hmm. it forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I read, it's especially in the not-for-profits and the regional theaters and startups like yourself. Mm-hmm. You started in mm-hmm. just 2017. Right and it's Eve, all kinds of things. And you said you liked one quote from that article about engaging with people is like a huge, it's a, a skill and a big part of the job. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, and there are all types of engagement from the very positive to the very difficult. Because I'm as you mentioned, I'm in year two and what happens is you're experimenting in public. So rather than being mm. a scientist and being able to do things mm. behind closed <laughs> mm-hmm. doors, the it's all a process of discovery in mm. terms of what the, the whole producing model is uh-huh. that's going to be sustainable and work. Yes. So I think there's some many things that are happening that are very interesting at this moment. I do want to add that this is very much an act two for me, as as Mm. I mentioned, because Mm -hmm. I'd had different professional careers in communications, marketing, PR, and then I had a fundraising career. And so I didn't grow up in the theatre professionally, which Mm -hmm. is good and it's bad, Mm. because there's definitely gaps in my knowledge, and sometimes the only way to learn them is the hard way. How much do things cost, (laughs) (laughs) for example? um, so, I've learned that piece, but I think coming from the outside also has some advantages. And I think things are really shifting in the theatre world. Yeah, speak to that because uh, I
0: think there's a growth of regional theatre. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of playwrights out there, but it's still a hard life.
1: Yeah, I think what's the way I see things evolving is that there's been the nonprofit model, mm-hmm. regional theatre. And here in Philadelphia, there are many, many small nonprofit mm-hmm. theaters. And then there's commercial theater, which typically you talk about commercial theater in, in its broad way, because nice. that's the market, that's the exit strategy yes. if you're an investor of right. these shows. What I'm really probing is a hybrid. Mm-hmm. Now it happens already in that nonprofits can have a partnership with a commercial theater producer, mm-hmm. the commercial theater producer. Can work with a regional company and say, We're interested in this show. Here's a bunch of money to get it to the mm-hmm. next level. We'll produce it as part of your season. You've got a built in subscriber base. So, what I'm interested in doing on a very tiny, macro, minor, ma- micro level is what can it be? to take on some commercial projects that then come back and ah. feed the mission. Well, I so that's I think that the silos shouldn't really exist between commercial and nonprofit theater. I think there are a lot of nonprofit theaters that are really really struggling mm-hmm. and have you know, some dependency on grant makers, and then the grants run out. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I'm looking for all different ways to bring in philanthropic investors.
0: And you are an ingenious fundraiser. You know, two years ago, when you started this, I thought, well, I love the idea, because I'm a theater person. And wow, how's she going to do this? And, you know, theater In Philadelphia, it is more than one would think, because you think of the big cities, New Mm -hmm. York and San Francisco. So I was very intrigued when you started out, you saying, you know, partnering with commercial ventures, Mm -hmm. and I think one of your first productions was at a distillery, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I've forgotten Mm -hmm. the name of it, in downtown. It
1: was with Philadelphia Distilling, and... One of the things that I'm really interested in exploring is partnerships. I think one of the challenges is that a lot of the small theaters in Philadelphia operate in their own bubble. Yes, yes. And I'm going into my third year, I'm looking at what does it mean to Mm co-produce? What does it mean for two aligned companies Mm -hmm. to bring resources together to the table? Mm And also, very exciting news. This is the first public place I'm saying this. I'm going to be producing in Atlantic City this summer. Wonderful. And bringing some of the best of Philadelphia uh, cabaret artists, female, gay, in drag. It's going to be so much
0: fun. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And then the idea of perhaps that's a market where there's... A t- you know, it's turning around. I think it has some commercial potential yes. and we can attract some corporate sponsorship. And I'm also co-producer on a New York show. Oh, really? Which is called Midsummer, uh, the Banquet. So I'm going to be... When you asked about the different roles of the producer, as a co-producer for an off-Broadway commercial New York show, this is me bringing investors who want to have fun with their money be invited to the opening night and it's a great show. So I'm the person that wants to open up the door Mm -hmm. to people, meet them wherever they're at in terms of the experiences that they want to have through live theater. And at the same time, I want to stay true to my mission. Any money that may be made is gonna come back Mm -hmm. here to the work that I'm doing with local theater artists And with that whole female-forward framework, we work 100% with female directors. Ah, I didn't know it was 100%. Fabulous, 100% female directors and a majority, a majority of um, other female artists. Now, this
0: play that we'll get to Mm -hmm. in a little bit, Twelve Chairs, is written by a man. Correct. While Sonya attended to some production details, I was able to connect to John O'Hara, the playwright of 12 Chairs, outside the rehearsal space. You'll enjoy, as I did, listening to this delightful, energetic artist.
2: I was an actor. I I am an actor. You're know an actor. <laughs> and I acted a lot. Uh,
0: very Um I was, uh, in a,
2: I was in a children's play. I was on tour. It was the worst experience of my life, and I was telling someone about it, and they were hysterical. They said, you have to write this as a play. Yes. And I did, and a theater produced it.
0: Fabulous.
2: So they did this play, and a playwright read it and said, the problem is you did whatever a new playwright does. You write about interesting people that uh-huh. you meet. What's happening to you, the character of yes. you? Yes. If you write about yourself, write about you. this is this guy is experiencing this. But what's happening to him?
0: Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's scary. Yeah, but I But over think
2: the years, with um, I go to a lot of theater in Philly. I've done theater in Philly. I mm-hmm. know lots of people. Mm-hmm. I go up and on Facebook and I cast these readings. Ah. And actors always want to do readings. They're always
0: yeah, because it's it's good if you're not in a production.
2: And we get to do a reading, you develop it. And sometimes yeah. it's funny. Sometimes it's awful. Sometimes uh-huh. you make friends. And I met Carly, the director. Okay. We realized we were friends on Facebook. We couldn't figure out why. No kidding.
0: Oh, you mutual friends. And I said,
2: come do friends. this reading for me. And she told me about She had a company that uh, was called Rev- Revamp Collective. It was all female
0: Yeah, she was things. saying. Uh-huh.
2: And I said, how about you do a play by a guy? It's all about women. And she said, I don't know about that. <laughs> I said, let's do a reading. And we did a reading, and that was this. Well, and this years later, wow. she said, I want to do a workshop. Right around that time. Let's do a workshop, and I said sure. And I want to get six different female directors wow, to cast. Wow, that's a. I can aha. either say some of them were worse than others, or some of them were great and no, better but than. Look, it's
0: brilliant for a, a writer. It's to twelve see chairs that. on stage. Oh my
2: gosh! And two women, and what they did with it. That's,
0: that's Some of them did
2: it too much. Some of them did it just right. Some of them was. Have you
0: ever considered a one-man show? Or writing one, you
2: know what? I started writing a play for me. Good, I was never so bored in my life, <laughs> and that I was it. on Facebook as is my want. <laughs> and this black woman was giving a talk on TED, it fascinated me, okay. And I started writing from the point of view of a black woman. Well, that's and I wrote this play about her, she's a real person. Uh-huh. I got out her autobiography, and I realized a lot of things I wrote about. I created this story change the names about her. Uh-huh. And I said to a playwright, friend, I said, should I contact her? He said, no, <laughs> no, don't, yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. someday do. But what I love about writing, I'm limited as an actor, uh-huh. but well, my plays did. leading characters in my plays are that black woman. It's a 65 mm-hmm. year old guy. Mm-hmm. It's a 13 year old girl. Mm-hmm. It's a 52 year old woman. They're all these different roles. I was trying to write something for me and I found myself mm-hmm. going, God, this is boring. This one, my mother passed away and uh-huh. everyone told stories. And what I realized when someone dies, you don't think about, oh, remember the day she told you the facts of life? Remember the day this happened? You don't, you remember the stupid, remember that McDonald's we went to? Right. Remember my brother who's in a wheelchair, oh. he talked about coming home from kindergarten and the teacher that. said he doesn't skip right. So my mother took him downstairs said, we're going to skip around the room.
0: Oh, no, that's And I had this something. image of my
2: mother. Isn't that something? In her 30s, probably wearing a house dress. I mean, uh-huh. this is the 50s, dancing, Sweet. skipping around. And that image stuck with me.
0: Little moments, as you said in one of your I
2: love telling you, forgive me.
0: <laughs> no, go ahead.
2: When I was a kid, I read this book in the library. I was devouring everything about the theater. It was a book. I can't find it. It was a director. I think he was British. And all his plays used chairs, He didn't use sets. He made the chairs look like a castle, made the chairs look like a forest, made the chairs. I always remembered that. So I went, chairs. It's a play about chairs. I love writing for women. And Uh I started thinking, I'm going to do 12 months of the year, 12 different women, 12 chairs. And it started becoming about a mother and a daughter. Ah, And that it's cyclical. And that story about my brother skipping around, it's now musical chairs. The first scene is her mother's teaching her musical chairs and they take a chair away and we're somewhere ah. else. And they take a chair away. So it's 12 different months over 45 years.
0: Wow. And
2: uh, the final chair is the gravestone. Oh, wow. And uh, in workshops, what kills me is people watch it. And when the chairs disappear, it's like time gone. And here's where I get psychological. Okay. I'm a weirdo. Are you? I'm weird.
0: <laughs> you don't seem it I, wasn't I great like with, the shirt. Though. I wasn't great
2: with my father. <laughs> But my mother was always kind yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. I was a weirdo. I didn't get a perfect job. I didn't get a wife or uh-huh. kids. You
0: didn't have the, the stereotypical life? I
2: didn't have a stereotypical wife. So in this play, the that's daughter's good. a weirdo.
0: That's and good.
2: I realized I'm the daughter.
0: Yeah, well that's I'm oh, the I daughter. Think. Yeah. yeah.
2: And someone said, "Why don't you make it a son?" I said, "It's yeah, a cyclical yeah. thing, mother and okay. daughter." Yeah. And it wasn't writing about me, but when I watched it, I go, "That's me." Uh-huh. That's her I, I, trying I think- to make sense of this weirdo. I'd seen some of Sonia's work. I'd met her. Mm -hmm. And she called me and said, We need to talk about 12 chairs. And I said, Absolutely. And we got together. And when she said she wanted to do it, I said, Okay.
0: There you go. I was easy. You get up, you write every day. I mean, you have a schedule. Pretty
2: much. Not a schedule. Well, no. When I get an idea, I write constantly. I'm in the middle of three plays right now. Three? You do it one
0: time. Thank you so much, John O'Hara. Thank you. When you first moved to Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. you formed a, I guess you might say, a producing group, women who invested in putting plays out there, but uh, female forward.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk about that a little bit. Okay. So when I came to Philadelphia, it was in 2015. Okay. I had got to know Jackie Goldfinger, who's a star playwright through my group. And we had spent some time just talking about what do you need, what do other playwrights and directors need. And she talked about how her work was first funded by a group of women getting ah. together. And I said, okay, I think I can do this. So I basically got a group of women who who, who chipped in between $500 and $2,000. We had about between $12,000 and $15,000. Mm-hmm. We created a fund, mm-hmm. a donor advised fund, which mm-hmm. can make grants to nonprofits mm-hmm. at the Philadelphia Foundation. Okay. And we asked for submissions from theaters that were producing the work of local female playwrights and, and also had other females on the creative team, especially the directors. So the process of getting all these submissions and making decisions about the grants exposed me to the incredible talent. At the end of the day, what excites me is the talent. What makes me cry is when the talent (laughs) can't come to light Mm -hmm. and it's still buried and no one's seeing it. Going back
0: to that... Uh, production company that you had at the very beginning. So you solicited uh, female written plays and then you
1: chose one to produce? Not quite. We actually asked for submissions from theatre companies. Okay. So the way I was looking at it, um, to put it frankly, is we were rewarding good behaviour. If we think it's important to have more voices, female-infused voices on the stage... And then then we had to put some money down because that's what talks. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So it, the grants were actually made to the theater companies oh, I see. that were producing, that were oh, already committed see. to producing the plays or they were doing a workshop or oh. some type of developmental work. So we did not produce ourselves. We gave money. Wonderful. And rewarded <laughs> very good behavior. The
0: theater needs more of that. It's yeah. very, very rare. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I want
0: to segue to what's happening now Mm -hmm. and your next production here is 12 chairs correct yes as I said by a male Mm -hmm. playwright Mm -hmm. John O'Hara correct and as described is a story of the mother daughter relationship through the years and as it evolves, too, I think. And we have, and I hope to talk to her, uh, we have two actresses mm-hmm. playing multiple roles. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me about why you chose that uh, that play. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a, a quote here somewhere that said, you know, you like it to say something, but also, for you, the beauty as a playwright, the beauty of the line, the movement of mm-hmm. the play, mm-hmm. the story, mm-hmm. and... The universality of the
1: play. Correct. So
0: t- tell us a little bit about uh,
1: okay that 12 Chairs. Coming up, we should say. Coming up, um, it opens for previews okay. on April 25th, on Thursday, April 25th, and we open on Saturday night, April 27th. It runs for three we- a total of three weekends. Okay. And if I may just let people know that they can get tickets on our website, which okay. is Juniper.agency. So um, I'd like to talk, just frame the moment where we are right sure. now. yes, please. Uh, because I think theatre is even more vital than it's ever been as a way to bring people together. And I think we're all craving the simplest stories where we can all find a connection and cry and laugh together. We're mm-hmm. such a divided place and I think we're seeking solace, at least I can speak for myself, mm-hmm. in the things that, that unite us, that bring us together instead of putting up walls and going out and putting our armor on every day mm-hmm. to fight mm-hmm. the next battle. And I think that's a story like this, which is so gentle and is infused with this female spirit and Carries a story the audience through with this this story, in its very si- simple form is mm-hmm. what we need right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So when I'm looking at deciding something to produce, I immediately think I would like more roles for older women. I'm in the Act Two of my life <laughs> already, and I can identify you know, and it shouldn't just be mother or lover or, oh, you know, just that these should be fully ripe human beings. Mm-hmm. So that is that was a criteria. And I have an artistic advisory committee. Oh, And, and I sought, you know, I, I'm always asking them for ideas. Did they make the final selection, or you made the final selection? I, I get the selections. I, I, uh, an, a wonderful actor called Kathy Simpson... Had read this. Had been in. The, there'd been multiple readings of this play. Okay. Every oh. actress in Philadelphia, <laughs> uh, in her forties or above, has been involved oh. in developing this play. It's been done many times. So Kathy had recommended the play. Okay. I looked at it and I thought, yes, I know this is a male playwright, but again, as a producer, you're always they're always competing things mm-hmm. and you have to decide what are you going to prioritize and i thought i'm always going to prioritize having a female director the work of a director is completely unsung to me it's akin to the conductor of the orchestra and the male maestros typically mm-hmm. get all the applause mm-hmm. applause is due for the brilliant work and vision of the directors and we never applaud them right. in public I read
0: that he was drawn to this because of the death of his mother. Correct, genre, yes. And it was the impetus for the writing of Twelve Chairs. Yes. And the most memorable times with her were the simplest moments, is a quote from the playwright. Yeah,
1: and, you know, there's a line of music through the play as well, which is very Literally significant music? to me. I haven't heard the, the oh, track yet, track. But, but to me... The line of connection with my mother is through music because she's a professional musician. And I used to play the cello, now my daughter plays the piano. And you almost don't have to say (laughs) something except cry when you see my daughter and my mother playing piano together. A couple of things about producing a non-traditional spaces. First of all, I think society is evolving. And I think that rather than asking people who aren't familiar with theatre to cross the threshold of our traditional institutions, why not bring it to them where they're already having fun? I have no problem with decorum. If people are feeling something and they want to shout out, let them shout out. You know, that's, I just don't think that we've done a really good job of inviting people over to that threshold. Because some people are uncomfortable. And I think it's a challenge.
0: The idea of really bringing theater has always been an idea bringing it to the people but i yes. think we're at a point now where we've done all the super commercial stuff and theater is a very powerful medium especially as you said in troubled times theater can say things I that think, cannot be said i think it's a in salve yeah
1: i think it's a salve for our souls and, and I think that it's almost as a reaction to our technology Mm -hmm. and the isolation that brings that people are craving more of these life experiences.
0: Thank you very much, Sonia, for your... Insight and really powerful comments about the theater. As I said, I've been involved in theater for a long time, and uh, it just you know sometimes you think, oh wow, where are we? at? Thank you again, Juniper Productions. Twelve Chairs coming up in April 25th here in the space, wonderful space near the brewery. Love City so Brewing Little, on, on the deep. block, and you just have to come around the corner. Have
1: uh, a brew and yep. we around? have early bird tickets, specials, okay. and including special happy hour deals for love. Steeper oh, thats what you need. Happy hour deals. Yes. Good. Thank you again.
0: Thank you for listening, friends. It is wacky talk, and I don't think we were too wacky today.